What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Fandalorian Club here on Apocalypse Movies. As usual, it is Jake Berlin and Brian Avalicino covering everything Andor. This week we got episode 10, the third. I don't know what is it? It's not the penultimate. What's the next to the penultimate? The second to last, I guess. On deck. That's no, it's in the hole, technically. Oh, in the hole. Yeah, that's right. And it's, it's the in the hole episode, episode 10. Uh, one way out we finally get um everything the last couple episodes have been setting us up for we got the prison breakout we also got some incredible scenes between mon mothma and luthan as well um but let's be honest the majority of this conversation is going to be regarding that prison breakout uh we're going to talk about it uh from start to finish here brian how you doing today man it's wednesday middle of the week last show for us of the week how you doing ready uh to step foot in Wakanda tomorrow. I'm already looking at that to the next day. So, but, uh, hey, if I'm getting a Marvel movie tomorrow, the next best thing I think I could think of would be a Star Wars episode the day before or something Star Wars day before. So, and this is a great episode to have. It's a banger week for Disney. That is for sure. Mm -hmm. It's an absolute banger of a week. Uh, this... I've seen the majority of people saying it online, so I'll just say that the majority of people consider this the best episode of the series so far. Um, there's a few that can argue and can contemplate for sure, but I think overall this might be the strongest of the batch so far. Uh, and it leaves us in a very mysterious direction at the moment. Um, but before we kind of set up what may be coming in the final two episodes, let's talk about this one. Um so look, we there's no real setup that needs to be done. We left last week with that incredible line uh, by Andy Circus's Kino Loy, no more than 12. Um, and we obviously knew what was coming. The breakout was commencing. And boy, did we get a breakout. What a very precise, uh, intelligent plan by uh, Cassian and company as we see them take over the prison and eventually escape the prison um they took their time with it it was the 100 main plot point of this episode it probably took about a took up about about what 85 percent of the the episode i would say um yeah. we got one good scene with mon mothma and then we got one well we got a couple scenes with him but one really good scene with luthan everything else was uh, uh cassian um we got the one scene with with deidre as well or dedra um, but that was very quick, a very, very quick, just setting up Lonnie, who was a yeah. with Luthen. Um, so yeah, 85, 90% of the episode was everything about Cassian and rightfully so, because this was obviously a very big point in where Cassian kind of ends up. Right. Um, you know, he's now heading somewhere and he's got Melshi with him, which now we know why they are together in Rogue One. Mm -hmm. um, but Brian, overall, just quick. Uh, kind of reaction to the episode before we dive into some specifics and things we like and may have not liked. Uh, not liked. I don't think there's anything. <laughs> I mean, this show continues to be a masterclass in storytelling, uh, especially in the world of Star Wars, where it tends to be flashy and science fiction-y wild crazy things uh and this show is not really doing 
those things. It's not flashy. It's not force using. It's not lightsabers. It's literally just gritty, dark, bleak war. Uh, it's 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 great. I love every second of this show. It's <laughs> for it being the show that I was going. Why do we need this? To now being like, this is probably the best show that they've ever put out. It's incredible. It's arguably the best storytelling that Disney has done in live action. Um, and I say live action because Andy will 100% correct me in saying, oh, don't forget Rebels. I mm-hmm. 100% Andy. I'm with you. That's why I clarify live action. Um, I think so far it's the best one that they've told. And when I say best, I think that is pertaining to the fact that it feels complete. Um, it doesn't feel kind of scattered. And the Mandalorian has been very much a complete story. It's focused on the character of Din Djarin, but at times we scatter and we jump off to stories or we get a character this episode that we'd never meet again, who seems like a very important character. Cause I was thinking about it while watching the show this morning or watching the episode this morning and I watched it very early. It was up at four 30, turned it on. Um, so I got to watch it before I left for work. And I was thinking to myself, I love the fact that even if it is just a very small scene, which Sean brought it up, we got that one scene in Farrick. So thank you, Sean. Um, we aren't just meeting characters and then these characters aren't disappearing. They're not like just off into the void when they kind of impact the story that we're watching. And a character that I can think about is Bix, right? Like Bix impacted the first three episodes in a very heavy way. And her story may not be connected at the moment, but it's going to come back around at some point because they keep sprinkling her in, whether it's a five second scene or a five minute scene. And the one comparison that I can make uh, is the widow on the Mandalorian, where she felt like a super important character, but we never saw her again. Right? Like, we, we have at least yet like there's a chance we can go back to her and and her story obviously lands on her planet with her with her children. But um, she felt like a character that was going to change the ways of Din Djarin. And we haven't seen her since. Um, and that's the, the only comparison I can make right now. And there's been other characters here and there. But I just love the fact that we're going back to the same stories, the same people, the same worlds every single week because it feels like a legit television show. That is what a television show is supposed to do. It's it like, like a movie. Well, I mean, it feels like a movie, but a television show goes back to those stories and those characters every single week. It doesn't skip beats or there's a time where it may look over a character and a character might be out of an episode here and there, which has happened. But and I talk about that and I'm comparing it to Mando a lot because a lot of the time Mandalorian 100% feels like planet or villain of the week so far. Right. Like we get an episode with this character here. We go to this planet there. Season three could very well change that. It feels like it's kind of much more on a straighter arrow, but this feels 100% like the most television series they have told so far, because it is one story from start to finish. And it's focusing on these select characters and their kind of motivations and the struggles they're dealing with, whether, like I said earlier, whether it's for five seconds or five minutes, right? Like we got a full blown episode of Mon Mothma and what she's dealing with in this episode we got one scene, but it pushed her story forward. Mm-hmm. Same thing with Bix, right? Like, I just, I really appreciate that they're taking the time. And that's why 
now before we didn't understand but now it's so clear and present that that is why they decided to tell 12 episodes it's a perfect count so far this story needed the 12 episodes to be fleshed out if they put it into eight it would have been way too short if they put it into 16 it would have been way too long everything feels like it's there for a reason and it's working um and so i i do hope that this is like I hope that Lucasfilm and Disney kind of look at this and be like, this is the blueprint for blueprint for Star Wars television. This is what we should be doing going forward, whether it's on people we know or whether it's on something completely brand new that we've never met before. And that's and we talked about it last or earlier this week a lot. But I'm really hoping the acolytes in this vein and not in the Mandalorian vein. I really, really hope it's like this more so the Mando where it's a it's a uh compacted select story rather than like a galaxy reaching thing, which I love. I love the adventure, but I really want to focus in on specific characters rather than telling 12, 15 different stories in one season. Yeah, no, I mean, it makes perfect sense. The one that I'm curious about that I think could be like this as well as the acolyte would be Ahsoka. Um, Mm -hmm. I feel like that could possibly be a very. I think that's going to be pretty separate from something like Mando for sure. I agree with you. Yeah, I think that might be more focused. Mm -hmm. Mando. That's a good word. Focus is a good word. uh, Mando does jump everywhere um, while still maintaining like a singular line, but it does deviate from its path quite a bit, it seems. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, this, this just feels like a movie to me. I say that every single week, it, there's no, never once have I felt like, oh, this was kind of like a filler episode, not once. And we're on episode 10, like even the lower key episodes, it's still above like if we're drawing a line like where it's fillers down here and it's like peak up here it's sat at that line and hasn't dipped Mm -hmm. into filler at all it just feels like every single time it's propelling a all their stories forward without having to like sacrifice pacing uh other people's stories it just it's continually just on target and pushing everyone's story forward. I mean, it, it's you mean it, it, you mean it's staying on target, Brian? Yeah, it's absolutely staying on target. And it's um, I mean, look, look at Cinta like she wasn't in it, but they made sure that you knew that she was still there. Like, I mean, it's those types of things like Val probably. Uh, we're probably done with her story, but they put it at an end for like, they actually showed us like, okay, she's going to go lay low now and blah, 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 blah. And just like it, it's just, there's no stone turn left unturned in any aspect. And it's just, yeah, I'm just waiting. The one, the one that I'm waiting to see the most is his mom. What happens with that? Because like, they allude to that and out of all the stories, they're kind of, that's probably the least focused, but like 
it's still there because they're still saying like certain things every now and then. I mean, she's probably going to go out in a boys of glory, but um, I don't know about you, Brian, but do you feel like um, the two part finale, which we're saying that we don't know if it's an exact two part finale, but we're kind of saying that because it's going to be a two arc finale, I guess I'll say. Um, Do you think that those two episodes are taking place solely on Ferrix? Because I'm starting to think that now. I mean, it would make sense. Like we're gonna see him get his get it find his way there, and then it's gonna all end on Ferrix for season one. I mean, when you look at it, the only person really that is I mean, that's not true. Mon Mothma and Luthen are not there, but every other character revolves around Ferrix. Other than Mon Mothma and Luthen, which even Luthen still kind of has his like toe. In that, the only one that's like not really involved, it would be Mon Mothma. Mm-hmm. Sinta's there. Bix is there. Dedra is involved with being there. Um, yep. The mom is there. He's probably likely going to go back to being there. And it just it would make the most sense to end i kind of feel like it's going to be his final farewell to the planet like at the end of the season he's going to have to forever say goodbye or unfortunately you know mama bites the dust and he just never goes back um i wouldn't be surprised if like all of his friends including mom die and that's and it just that's probably like an anger thing that yeah i mean i i definitely think he has some sorts of uh, emotional connection to Bix, but I think the one thing keeping him there is definitely his mom. Oh, um, yeah. And if she goes, what's the point in going back? Um, I don't think Bix is biting the dust. I think she's staying in for season two at least a little bit. Um, that's just my personal opinion. Um, yeah. And want. And want. Yes, you're correct. And want. <laughs> um, but real quick, before we get into Cassian, and I want to cover one part of this episode because Andy brought it up in the chat. So I'm going to bring this up real quick. Uh, this is probably a crass way of saying it, but I never expected a part of the series to be Mon pondering the idea of having to almost whore her daughter out for her rebellion. Uh, you are very, very correct, Andy, and I don't think there's really any other way that you can say it. Um, she was given a choice this episode to help further her cause, and it was going to come at the cost of her daughter. And she did say no for the time being. Um, and I, I do love the way that they did do this too, because they made, and we're talking about Mon Mothma and Davo Skolden, and we had to write that down so I can remember his name, uh, the gangster from Chandrilla. And I love the idea that this guy, who is an absolute scumbag, lives in the high society customs of the planet, right? Like he looks, he looks the part, he acts the part, um, he's you know, dark and dirty and has other, uh, you know, ideas about how he should be able to do things. But he poses this question to her of like, okay, like I'll do this and I will be a part of this, but you need to give me something in return. He literally asked for the highest possible thing. in yeah. um, And he didn't directly ask, which I love the way they went about it of like him not saying, and I think he even said, he's like, I'm not, I'm not forcing anything. I'm not doing our customs. I just want them to meet. Mm-hmm. I just want them to meet. He's he's 13, about to become a man. She's 14, or maybe the other way around. Um, and I just want to put them in front of each other and see what happens. And she's obviously completely against it because she's a mother trying to protect her own, and I get it. 
but I'm very curious what happens. Like how far is she willing to go for this? Right? Because we know where she ends up and she's obviously a big part of it and all comes into fruition, but what does she do to get there? Is this actually something that can take place and is going to be hanging over her head for existence? It's, I mean, she was visibly upset when that was asked of her. Mm -hmm. I mean, she asked him what else, and he was like, nope, this is what I want. And I mean, I, it, someone like her, I couldn't think of a worse thing than having a crime lord connected to your family yeah. by marriage and like, he knew I mean, he, he knew uh um what's Perrin he knew Perrin yeah. too yeah so i mean like i mean i think of like mob type stuff like movies and shows whatever and there's always like it's like once you mess with the mob, you're never really out of it. But like mm -hmm. if your child literally marries into the mob, you're you are forever going to be connected for life. Like yeah. there's no like there's no like, OK, yeah, we're done. Peace. Like, no, it's yeah. So like I can't think of anything like worse for someone in her position especially being a politician like it's not you've messed with the fact that you're a politician doing this you're using a gangster to get money and just all oh, is not as not as clean and beauty as we think she may be well i mean she's trying right i mean now, she could but... be obviously like we don't know what's going to happen but at the moment like sh she's the question hangs in the balance of what is she going to do? How far yeah. is she actually willing to go? I tend to believe that because we're seeing. And, and the reason why I think this is because we're seeing the flip side of her, the, the polar opposites on the same side are Mon Mothma and Luthen, right? Luthen is clearly willing to do absolutely anything to make sure this happens. And we, he talks about it in that, that little monologue he had of he's putting Anto Krieger essentially up, as bait yeah like he got this information then yeah he's putting krieger and 50 of his men up for bait because the cause is bigger than 50 men mon mothma on the flip side i don't think that's something that she would ever do she would never be in that situation obviously but she i, I tend to believe that she's not going to do something like that because she's the better version of luthan i'm not saying luthan's like a terrible human being he's being put in a situation where he has to make decisions but when you put them up against one another, Mon Moth is going to choose the righteous path and Luthen's going to choose the one that tries the best to get it done and the quickest. And they're like polar opposites with each other, which I love seeing because they're both rebellion. They're both high up in this fight against the Empire, but we're seeing them t as kind of... Ray, please stop. Jesus. We're seeing them have to make decisions that are almost similar, but who's going to kind of like rise to the occasion, right? I, I tend to think that's going to be Mon Mothma. I don't know. We could very much see her make a decision that, it, like you said, maybe puts her in with the mob or something. But 
I just have always pictured Mon Mothma as the one that's making the better decisions, taking the higher road. But we, I, I could be wrong. I could be wrong. Uh, I, it's, I, I do think for the most part, she's probably going to be making the right choice. Mm-hmm. But I mean, in life, you can't always do the right thing and it be the easiest thing. Can always do the right thing, Brian. Always. There is always an answer. But that answer is when there's a will, there's a way, Brian. When there's a will, there's a way. But that answer might cost you the lives of 50 people. So it's she's gonna have to get some dirt on her hands and maybe even some blood at some point. She ain't gonna come out of this. Do you think she makes this call? Do you do you think she puts her daughter up for grabs? If you were right now, right, like after watching this, right this second, do you think she puts her daughter up for grabs? No, because I can't see her wanting to be attached to the mob. I think that is the the yeah. biggest thing that would sway me from it. Because, I mean, literally, he. how do you get rid of someone like that if your child is married to that person's son like Mm -hmm. you are forever connected to that person so i just i can't i mean like i just i don't know i i i don't see it i lean heavily more towards it not being and then something i could see something stupid happen where it's like her daughter's like how could you not let me meet him? Like mm-hmm. I, not knowing what you, they are and whatnot. Yeah. Or something. And yeah. just, it's, I don't know, but I don't think she, I don't think she, she'll do it. We'll find out. We will. I think something out. else um, will be done. Not that will avoid that. Something will probably be done. That's not great. Maybe yeah. even get, um, her buddy killed or, Capture Tay. Tay, I think it's Tay. Yeah, some. I think yeah. The ba- uh, the banker, right? That's who you're talking about. The banker. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's sure it's Tay. Yeah. I I could see her making a decision, like it being something along the lines of she says no to the gangster guy, but at the cost of her friend mm-hmm. doing something. Mm-hmm. Her, he maybe he'll be like, "This was the only way," and then he gets- she she may already be trapped. Like just with meeting with him, the decision might have been made. Like, and if she's if she tries to get out of it or whatever, he could very well be like, "Well, I know that you're trying to do this, so now what are you going to do for me?" Like, he can hang yeah. everything over her head at this moment just by meeting him. Because that, I mean, that's yeah. what gangsters do. That that's what these types of people usually do. Star Wars gangsters might be different, but history has shown not. Um, at this moment, he he already has that over her head. And she might have been already put into a bind even by saying no. So yeah, we'll see. We'll see. Um, interesting comment here from Mr. Wingblade. I'll bring this up. I envision a scene where Perrin invites them over and Mon shows up and freaks out. Then daughter gets mad because uh, she likes him, meaning she likes the son. That's very possible. He did say that he yeah. knew Perrin. Did yeah. say that he knew Perrin. Um, we already our- know something so, like... There's a reason why they're making us not like Perrin and the daughter. Like mm-hmm. they're going to do those two are going to do something that you're just like, oh, my God. Like you just yeah. you just know. So 
that very may well it's a that that family is a ticking time bomb yeah a hundred percent i'm just wait i'm just waiting for that moment where i'm just like oh my god they're so stupid like you know that it's coming where you're just 100 just like oh my god so i'm just that very may well be something along those lines yeah um Hello, Lewis. Thank you for joining us. Uh, appreciate it. I don't know if we've seen you in the chat or not before, but thank you so much. Um, all right, before we get to Cassian, because that's obviously the large chunk, I do want to talk about Luthen. We got a small scene with him in his gift shop, but then we the big thing that we need to talk about is his him with Lon. Yeah, it's a gift <laughs> shop. I'm just going to call it a gift shop. Um, it's his antique shop. shop. <laughs> it's his gift shop. Um, we got the scene with him and Lonnie underground, which was some of the most beautiful, but did you hold your intense. breath the second you saw no rails? Yeah, hundred percent. I did. I thought Luther was dying. I hundred percent thought was dying. Oh no, there's no yeah. rails. Um, <laughs> I it, it was it was such a well done sequence, but also so intense and like this terrifying like urge just comes over you as you're watching this. And then, of course, Stellan Skarsgård just absolutely steals the show uh, yes. as he's talking he's and, and just uh putting this fear of god in Lonnie and just showing him like I'm like sorry dude like this is how it's done you're yeah. you're in it now there's you're no way out on the web yeah like you're there's no way out you're you're doing this and I, I'm sorry to tell you this but sucks to suck apparently um but yeah Stellan Skarsgard is just absolutely brilliant he's one of my favorite editions of Star Wars in so long um but Lonnie like that character is very interesting we mentioned up top the scene with Dedra. He was part of that scene. He made a call in that moment. And there's a reason why we saw him in that scene. And lo and behold, he's pretty much a rebellion spy at this point. Not 100% sure if he made the choice to be or if he is essentially being trapped into be. But either way, he is one. And he gives uh, Luthen this information about um, Anto Krieger and essentially it being a trap. Luthen basically says, sorry, it's got to happen. Because if it doesn't happen, then they know that something is up. And this yeah. is the call that's being made. It's either 50 men die or you die. And he put, again, putting the fear of God into Lonnie, yeah. who just had a little uh, a little baby over the last year. Um, it's just brilliant. It The writing, I, I keep going back to the writing of the show and the choices of Writing's words. Just, it's, it's incredible. It's brilliant. It's incredible the way that this show is written. And the moments they choose to do these scenes... And like how important they are to everything that's going on. It is probably the quickest scene in the episode. Stellan Skarsgård doesn't have a whole lot to do in this episode, but the one scene that he does, he just drops the hammer and he steals yeah. the episode. Like it's, it's brilliant. Luthen is so amazing. I can't wait to see what happens with him. I'm very terrified that he's going to bite the bullet in the next two episodes. Um, I, I'm starting to think he'll get it out. <laughs> Of this, he's in the crossfire right now. Like he's in, he's on Coruscant. Like something 100%. bad can happen. I think I'm starting to think that with only two episodes, he'll make it out of this season. Because like, if you're gonna kill someone, I mean, let's figure there's probably an hour and a half left of this show, right? About, yeah. I mean, each episode's been about 45 minutes, um, and there's two left with everything going on i can't imagine they're gonna kill him off in an hour and a half 
I hope like that not. we that we have less than an hour really and a half not. of 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 him left. There's they're just the, old, the only reason much. why the only reason why it now creeped into my head is because that line funny, we talked I think about we switched. You've been saying that you think yes, and I the reason why is because of that out. line of him basically saying I've sacrificed everything, and it feels like he knows that his end is coming at some point. Oh, hundred percent. Like he coming. knows it. It just it feels like he knows that he's not going to make it to a certain point, and, and so not. he has to. He's doing everything he can to ensure that whenever he is gone, that the plan is still moving forward. And so, and the reason why I'm thinking this mostly is because of the time jumps in season two. Like anything could happen in season two and there's a lot of time jumps that are happening. And I feel like to better get a like gasp and an emotional response to him dying would be in a story that's been very fluid like it has been this season. If you were to like have two episodes with him one year and then jump a year later and then him die, I don't think you would have as much of a response as you would now having this like fluid story through season one. But that's just my technical side thinking of everything. You know, it's just like I'm picking apart and like doing the whole uh, just picking at everything that I'm hearing and seeing um, I don't want him to die, but I, and, and it's also just because we know at some point in Rogue One that he's not around. So he is going to die. Yeah. Um, it's just a matter of when. And I kind of feel like it might be episode 12. Like it's like the death that happens this season going into season two. So I don't know. I don't know. I just, I think that my thing now is that there's an hour and a half left. There are a lot of people on Ferrix, a lot of people that we know. And I would say it's a 99% chance that he's going back to Ferrix. Um, hi, hi, bud. Um, and hi. if that's the case, I would not be surprised. Yeah. If Dedra shows up there, I wouldn't be surprised if almost everyone from the cast goes to Ferrix by the end of this, except for maybe him and Mon Mothma. Mon Mothma. I would not be surprised if every other cast member is on Ferrix for these last two episodes. Um, and and yeah. Andy could be right. He said that Marva could be the tragic death, which would make sense. That's, and that's exactly what I think it is going to be. I think that you're going to get two episodes where you just get your heartstrings pulled by them, him being with his mom and just seeing how much he loves her and blah, blah, blah. You'll probably get some flashbacks to her finding him and stuff like that where you just like love these two and then she just bites the bullet at the end. Um, and the way that star Wars kills off droids, I wouldn't be surprised if B2 emo is. I don't know if we'll see him die just cause we haven't seen enough of him. I, I think there's a I chance be surprised he kinda... if she freaking uses him as a explosive <laughs> to blow up that building. No, no, I don't think that'd so. be brutal. That would be terrible. Brian, what the hell? 
it, this show is is brutal brutal so like brutal. It, i mean i i don't think there's any way that she makes it out of this season i Same. think Same. that i think he goes back to ferrix and you just get a lot of story of him and the mom probably some flashbacks um, that pull on your heartstrings and then she's gonna do something where she just goes out in a blaze of glory and he's very much upset by it and i'm kind of with andy and that i think she might die next week maybe I, I think she might die leading into the finale, leaving him to kind of figure out a path heading into season two. Cause look, look I, and I say all this just because season two is going to be like an absolute whirlwind of time jumps and storytelling and him and the rebellion. I don't and... think there's going to be like, I don't think there's going to be 12 episodes of time jumps though. I think, well, no, it's, it's be... from what we've been told. It's, uh, three episode arcs each arc being a year so after three episodes you jump a year after an episode you jump four years three episodes you jump it yeah that's what i'm saying i'm not saying there's gonna be 12 years there's only so many years before rug one but i'm saying is like you do have to kind of set him up inside the rebellion at some point maybe that happens the first arc of season two maybe very possible but i kind of seeing it like i kind of see it happening at the end of this and I kind of see Marva being the reason why he eventually decides to fully join is her death. Well, I mean, at the same time, though, the rebellion isn't. I well, mean, it's not a it, full blown operation, correct? Exactly. It's still very much undercover. So, I mean, well, we've I've already seen them say that a large portion of next season is going to be on Yavin. So I'm I yeah. would imagine but that, that that's the rebellion being full blown open. That's what I'm saying. There. So like yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if maybe I mean I could see it go two ways where maybe after like the first arc that part's established or in some way maybe by the end of it they're setting up camp at the end of episode two. Um so episode two episode 12 um do you okay question because we do have to move on to the prison we we've been 35 minutes in the show we haven't talked about the best part of the episode yet um do you think at the by the end of the season he's in the rebellion part of it uh no but i think the uh we'll see because in my mind the rebellion's not really made yet it's like part of what mothma and luthan and their what are the, what they're all doing do you think he's part of it um i think he will probably just agree in so some capacity to like <laughs> that's why it makes me think that luthan is gonna survive because i i could see him being like all right i'm bringing you fully in on this i need your help to start this because right now, Luthen wants him dead. Like, they, I mean, Sinta's there to kill him. Oh, yeah. No, no, for sure. So he's not wanted in the rebellion right now. He's an enemy, technically, of the rebellion. So I could see the Luthen surviving and asking him to help lead. I would not be surprised if by the end of this whole show, 
all 24, we realized that he's like, Andor is like, was one of the biggest key players of starting the rebellion. I already I think surprised, that. but yeah, I already think that. So I'm like, I'm talking like up there with like Mon Mothma and. Well, I mean, we saw him in the Bale. room with Mon Mothma and Bale and in Rogue One, he was in that room. He was allowed yeah. in that room. So I already think that he's already a major player, like for sure. So, yeah. So, I, I mean, that's why I think I, that... I pretty much think Brian, sorry to cut you off, but I pretty much think that he's going to take no, Luthen's no. spot in that rebellion yeah probably and that's, i don't that's, but that's I, like the his table seat right that's essentially yeah. what i think is going to happen i and but see i agree with you but i think that luthan will make it out of this he needs i don't see a world where he hasn't like started it like because then that but it's already real, started i meant like actually forming like a base and stuff like that because there's what if it there, what if it's already started well, then I would assume we would know about it by this by 10 episodes in. I don't think so. I don't think well, Mon, I, I Mothma think there's clearly a doesn't seem, Mon Mothma clearly doesn't. What if she's not much. fully into it? What if she's not fully bought in? And also she, her, they might be needed more on Coruscant because that's the central hub of everything. Well, he's the one that's funding the whole entire thing right now. So I don't see how, I mean, if he would have to have a whole entire thing on a whole planet, pretty much all done by him. There's just, to me, there's too much left to establish Yavin for before killing him off. That's just my opinion. But the prison. Yeah, let's get to the prison. Um, how, how good is Andy Sergis? How good is this dude? Oh my this God. dude is, this dude is so Phenomenal. good. She, he is, he is, we talked about when he first popped up. Um, first of all, the the unbelievable, unbelievableness, I don't even know if that's a word, the unbelievableness that he filmed three episodes and we didn't hear a single freaking peep about it is unreal. Yeah. Unreal in this time era that we live in. Um, thank you so much for not spoiling that because what an absolute treat. This guy, when he is not doing motion capture, is a great actor. We talked he about is. it last week. We talked about it the week before. He is a great actor. The way he delivers lines, um, just how grisly and aggressive he looks sometimes is so great, which made him, that's why he was such a great choice as Claw in the MCU. Um, but I also loved, I, I love him and, and Diego Luna together. The two of them together were great on screen. Their mm -hmm. chemistry was great. Um, very different roles, obviously. Uh, but the prison, the, the sequence was incredible. It was it was everything I think we hoped it for it to be everything we hoped it to be. Um, it was precise. It was very intelligent. Every move was necessary. Uh, and it seemed it, it went the exact way that they all hoped, which usually doesn't happen in star Wars. There's very few times well, where something goes the exact way it, it's supposed to. Whenever um, the way that Andor needed it to. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, but yeah, I, I just thought it was, it was awesome. And, and, uh, intense action-packed obviously the action was great um and i keep mentioning mentioning how like smart it was but the usage of the water which we have been curious as to why he was banging away in that bathroom for the last couple mm -hmm. episodes and now we know um it fried all the circuits which is so smart um yeah I, I loved it i thought it was awesome it's 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 one of those great prison breakout scenes um that we love so much in all of all of television and movies so uh yeah it lived up to the hype for me for sure 
Oh yeah, hundred percent. I mean, I I was holding my breath so many times, just like, oh no, like it just it was. It's just so well done. Like everything is just so thought out. Like the fact that, like, I mean, we could have easily come up with like, I don't know. They shot the guy that was in charge of the floors by getting up there. No, they went like the extra way of he's going to the bathroom, breaking a pipe break. Like there were so many layers to the prison escape and just like combine that with like Andy circus. I will say it's so funny though, because it did make me really annoyed that Snoke was used more. Cause like now I'm sitting here, like he would have been probably a dope at like antagonist probably moving forward and you never well but still like it's i it's i think it's great kudos to disney and lucasfilm to be like look this guy motion captured a character you didn't see his face you heard his voice slightly altered let's use him again and it's it's similar to what they did with Gemma chan when she played minerva in captain marvel and then she played Cersei. Cersei in Eternals. Why not do that with some other people in Star Wars? And I was listening to Star Wars Explained earlier um, and they had Alden on there and he had mentioned I wanted, I want to see Lupita Nyong'o in Star Wars now. I'm like, hell yeah! yeah. Give me Lupita Nyong'o in Star Wars. She did Maz Kanata. Damn, not even close to her. Put her in Star Wars. Let's see a role where her, where you can actually see her face and give her some, give her some work to do because there's so many people who have motion captured or been in a suit. Simon Plague, who played Unkar Plutt in, in The Force Awakens. Yeah. Like, give them the chance. Like, sure, they were in Star Wars, but let's actually see them in Star Wars. Daniel Craig, who was a stormtrooper, put him in Star Wars. Like, oh, yeah. There's so many people who you don't see and you just hear that you can now do the same thing what you did do, just did with Andy Serkis, which I think is a great yeah. idea. Like, why not yeah. recycle actors who have been in the, the franchise who would want to come back who we didn't see their face. Like it's yeah, brilliant. Lapita Noongo doesn't even sound like herself as Moz. Yeah. Um, yeah. Oh, I mean, absolutely. He was phenomenal. And especially if you're going to use talent like that as your as just a voice, like there's no reason unless you're freaking James Earl Jones, where it's like, <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, that's, James Earl Jones. There's like, very few yeah. like recognizable voices that you'll be like, oh yeah, no, I can't do that. Can't do that. Yeah. Like, I mean, there's yeah. I, I mean, if all of a sudden I hear that voice walking around pretending to be like a freaking I don't know, rebel spy, I'm gonna be like, let's start later. But but I mean it it just makes sense. I mean, yeah, why not? because uh, wh- Clearly, I mean, if you get people like this that are turning out stuff like he did in three episodes, come on. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, the actors we've had in this show play these roles. It's just mind blowing. And like you said, it's it, it's incredible that that didn't get out. I mean, the way things that I mean, Marvel did a really good job for a long time of keeping things quiet. And now things get let out within seconds of probably them actually doing those Mm -hmm. things. And Mm -hmm. it 
it loses a lot of the excitement and like uh, energy you get from these like performances and the shock value is does a lot for the excitement moving forward and what's funny is that marvel a lot of the times like in these tv shows specifically we get cameos from people who are maybe in like one episode very small role but those people get leaked and Andy circus was in this for three episodes and we didn't hear a peep mm-hmm. like this is one thing that star wars has over marvel right now is they're keeping things quiet yeah. um and again like it's very small but we also saw it in mandalorian right where we saw cameos happen we're like oh we didn't know that person was in here that's cool they'd pop up out of nowhere right and it's they're doing a great job of it it's clear that they understand how fans will react and andy circus isn't like the greatest actor on the planet he's not the most known actor on the planet if someone said oh yeah it's the guy who plays Gollum," or you know, yeah, he, he, played, he played Caesar like that. Like most people would be like, oh, OK, I know that, but I've never seen his face. I don't really know what he's what he does, etc. But for us, we're like, oh, dude, Andy Circus, give me more of this guy. This guy rocks. I want to see yeah. more of it again. Give me the Lupita Nyong'o's. Give me the the Simon Peggs. Uh, Andy mentioned it in the chat, but do the reverse too. let those people do some voice work. Right. We've seen Mark Hamill do tons of voice work. Um, outside of just playing uh, Luke Skywalker, you can also do the the flip side Dude, of it. Where, yeah, like I, I bet you 100% Andy Serkis can do another six voices that you can use. Like, why not? Like, it's it's recycling actors is not a bad thing. If it's for a main role, sure, don't do it. But you could easily recycle an actor. And there are thousands and millions of fans like us who would be like, yes, that's awesome. I'm all for it. Like, there's not a single person yeah. I've seen online who said, no, I hate having Andy Serkis in this show. Yeah. There's only I mean, the morons who are, who are saying he's Snoke. That's it. Yeah, the amount of, like, <laughs> he didn't make it out, so the Empire captured him, and they used him as, yeah. I'm like, shut up. Yeah. Just stop. Yeah. Like, it's, yeah. no. But, um, no, he's been fantastic. He was, make him a sassy droid. I would love that. I mean, he well, Alan, no, Alan Tudyk's already good at that. Just give him another role as a. Oh, I know. That's I'm, I'm not saying the sassy droid of the series. I'm just saying, like, get. I mean, all the droids are sassy droids, but uh, <laughs> he's I, I obviously mean, Jeff Snoke. That's great. That's yeah. great, Andy. <laughs> it, yeah, he was phenomenal. Diego Luna with him was phenomenal. I Diego mean, Luna's presence on screen. Like the ferocity that he has mm-hmm. when he's doing a line, when like the beginning of the episode, when he's basically telling Andy Circus, like, this is happening, like happening. We have to do this. Yeah. And then he goes on program and he and the absolute like aggression that he's able to put through that screen is unbelievable. Yeah. Unbelievable. It's the acting in this show is top tier. And to be completely honest, like and I'm not saying this just as a Star Wars fan, like these, some of these performances should at least be nominated for some stuff. I think this show gets nominated probably for an Emmy for sure. I, I, I don't see how it's not. I mean, the only reason it would be, would just be the bias of, Oh, it's Star Wars. It's kitty. Like Tony Gilroy wrote this more as a war epic than he, than he did star wars like there's mm-hmm. there there's literally no 
like crazy connections that would make you think that this is star like that this is star wars i mean i'm just going to compare it just for the hell of it uh wandavision was nominated for a butt ton of emmys including elizabeth olsen for multiple categories there is absolutely no reason why this show can't get nominated for the same if not similar categories but also diego luna like i think and stellan skarsgård for that reason like i think stellan skarsgård could probably get nominated as well um, I, I think the show will probably get nominated for stuff like cinematography, sound design, that type of stuff. But I do believe that it could easily get nominated for show of the year or best acting or best male actor, best supporting male actor. That's incredible. Like there are, there are a lot of things that it could easily get nominated for outside of like the special effects side, which star Wars usually gets nominated for. I don't, I don't see any reason why it can't. Yeah. This, this show just needs to be the groundwork for, a lot not all of the feature shows but like a lot of them like i mean i there's there's grounds to for like mandalorian being and doing the things it is it pro it would be a little bit of a different show i think the one that really really could have used this was obi-wan kenobi like i mean if it if they would have practical effects this thing and just i think it could have been incredible because if you would have asked me like here's obi-wan kenobi and here's andor which one do you think is going to get better i would have laughed you out of the room and i i don't know about you but andor to me right now is way better than that show Oh, Andor to me is probably at the moment the best live action thing Disney's ever done. Like, don't get me wrong. I I thought Obi-Wan Kenobi was great. Mm -hmm. I I loved it. Reva loved but Andor's it. But, but Andor's better. But Andor is just... It's just better. Yeah. Uh, uh, I don't even have words for it. It's crazy to think that when we were at Star Wars Celebration this, this year, Brian, that we're going to be walking it's out of... It's so funny that you said Star Wars Celebration. I literally today was thinking about something and I was like, uh, like I'm going to look back at star Wars celebration. It's, it's already been so, Oh shit. That was only this year. I literally had like a moment. It was in today. May. It was in May. Yeah. Where I was like, Oh my God, that was literally just months ago. It was at the Not end even. of May too. It was like five months I, ago. I know. I, um, yeah. Who would have thought that when we were sitting there at the first day of star Wars celebration at the Lucasfilm showcase panel, that we, we we would be walking out of 2022 talking only about Andor. Like, as the Star Wars thing this year. Not me. Yeah. I was sitting at Star Wars Celebration going like, okay, this, this show will be cool, but like, yeah, it, show me Obi-Wan Kenobi. Show me mm -hmm. uh, Mandalorian Season 3. Uh, like, all these other things where I was just like, yeah, 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 okay, like, Yep. I'm I'm down. Andor will be great. I'm down for it. But like, give me all these other things. They are not doing well with daylight savings time, are they? <laughs> they are not. They are struggling. They yeah. are struggling. Um all right, Brian. Well, any any final thoughts on the prison stuff? I know we didn't cover exactly everything. I can just flat I mean, out say that the action was awesome. The the hallway fighting was really cool. Seeing um his table seeing his table mates go at it uh and get into the fight was really fun hey you're good Hi, i'm waiting bud. for the other one to come on the other side oh she's screaming her head off over here uh -huh. um 
Yeah, I thought all, all of the action, the directing of the action was really cool. I thought they did it very well. I know someone asked in the chat if those were stun stun shots or not. Absolutely not. Those are kill shots. 100% oh, yeah. Kill no, shots. I mean, he literally, like, at one point, like, went yeah, back. 100% and, like, kill shots. Like, um, yeah, no. They were literally gosh. hiding in a room. Yeah, and, and it was... Jeez. It, they, it, they definitely hammered home that these prisoners had full control. And, they, and I know they said they had 5,000 of them who were running... Uh, you know, a muck in the halls and everything. And I, I, it was just very well done. Just very, very, very well done. Uh, we've been he- waiting for this prison break for the last two episodes. And I, I mm-hmm. can say that it lived up to the hype for sure. Like I oh, loved every second okay. of it. Easily. Yeah. It's, it, it's incredible. This show. I mean, like you said, I've said, you've said every single week, it's a literal movie that they're just, they just cut up and are giving us pieces because it's just every aspect is so well done. The writing is incredible. Like even just when they're having conversations and nothing is going on, you're just like completely engrossed and captivated. And it's just, I mean, this is one of the many show or one of the few shows where like, I will put my phone down and it's not touched. I was this morning. I loved it. I loved it. It was awesome there. I can say that I maybe have only done that once or twice with like a Marvel show, maybe WandaVision. That's it. But uh, this show, it's not even a thought in my mind to like do anything other than just be completely engrossed into the storytelling. Absolutely. It's, It's great. And I cannot wait to see how this first season ends. And I mean, I remember when we were sitting there going 24 episodes and worth like, every second. Now I'm like, worth crap, they're going to end this in 14 more episodes. Like it's, it's brilliantly done. And yeah, I'm excited. Agreed. To see yeah, man, two season. more weeks, uh, two more weeks of this. And it's going to be a bummer when it's over, but we have two more weeks of discussing this. We'll be here every single Wednesday. Uh, I think we've locked in a time late, late in the season, but 5 p.m. Pacific right here every single Wednesday uh, just for the next two weeks. Um, And then we'll probably discuss it on, I would say now that way we can get Jacob and and Gio and Keith involved. That way they can get get their thoughts out there on this show as well. Um, And yet another week when we start after Star Wars Explained, but also end before Star Wars Explained. Oh Uh, my God. They are still going over there. Those super chats kill them, but hey, good for them. I I don't think they mind. (laughs) <laughs> I don't think they might either. Um, yeah, they, and look, to all of you who are watching us, this little little channel called Apocalypse Movie, thank you guys so much. We appreciate you hanging out and talking Star Wars with us. Um, it's always a blast seeing you guys in the chat. Uh, you know, the regular Star Wars catchphrase Gordon. to end this now. The Star Wars Explained one? No. Which one? What? One What's my catchphrase? Oh, One Way Out, yeah. One Way Out, I'll do that. Um, Lewis, if you've joined us for the first time, thank you so much. Appreciate it uh gordon andy sean star drew did i miss anybody else curtis i saw pop in there as well anybody else who was watching um who didn't comment along thank you as always we appreciate you all uh you know have a great week and again we'll be back on tuesday and wednesday next week for both apocalypse now and the fandalorian club for brian and myself thank you so much may the force be with you in one way out